your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, what's going on? Welcome to a crossover episode of Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Dallas Stars. And from Locked On Avalanche, I am Chris Maselli. He is Kyle Sullivan. And with Locked On Stars, Mr. Dane Lewis is joining it to uh, make it a successful crossover. So a lot to get to when it comes to these two teams. They're in the midst of a uh, back-to-back, although not a, I guess, is it a true back-to-back if you have a game in or a day off in between? I guess it, I mean, it is. Technically, yeah. Technically. I mean, we're not playing sure. anybody else in between and you guys aren't either. Yeah. So we'll we'll call it a, a technical back-to-back. Yeah, exactly. A, a back break back is yeah that's that's you don't want to say that either that's a that, yeah that's a ltir hey um all right but yeah a lot to get to between these two teams uh avalanche with a in my opinion a surprising four to nothing victory just because you don't really expect the avalanche to go into dallas and kind of shut the stars out it's it's a tough place to play at least it has been for the avalanche lately uh Dane, I'll throw it over to you first. Was that a little bit surprising to you that that it was, number one, a, a shutout? And it didn't – I mean, what was your take on the game? It just didn't seem like Dallas had much going for them for that whole game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the shutout was weird. I think the loss, myself and a lot of other people were kind of like expecting it. I mean, on paper, that this is a, a game that the Avalanche win, you know, nine out of ten times, if not ten out of ten times. And – but yeah, the shut the shutout felt odd, just especially given where the stars were coming from out of the All Star break uh, wins against Nashville and Winnipeg, and what ended up being pretty you know heavy offensive games as far as just kind of shootouts go. And so obviously Colorado a little bit you know a, a tier above both of those teams, especially Winnipeg. But yeah, it was just weird. And the stars have notoriously been bad on Sunday afternoon games this year, and Sunday afternoon really? games and games where maybe there's something else going on. Like the last time they got shut out was. A couple weeks ago, the same night they retired Sergei Zuboff's number against the yeah. Capitals. And so I think a mixture of Sunday afternoon where they've been bad. And then I, I don't know how much any of those guys care about the Super Bowl. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much that plays into it. Probably not very much at all. But just yeah. a weird Sunday afternoon with, you know, something else going on in the evening. I don't know how much that plays into it. And they had been playing at home even before the All-Star break for five other games. And so maybe you just, I don't know, you be in your own building too long, too much of a good thing kind of situation. But yeah, okay. certainly a weird game. And I, I really expected them to at least get one on the board. But, uh, yeah. you know, they made they made Darcy Kemper look like, you know, prime Darcy Kemper, which, uh, you know, worked out for yeah. the abs. But the offense certainly <laughs> humming pretty well for the abs uh, overall throughout that game as well. It's funny that you mentioned uh, the playing on the Super Bowl because the game went about like a period and a half with no penalties called. And I was like, Somebody wants to get home for this game. I don't. I don't know if, if if it's the refs, but you know, then some penalties appeared. But it was a pretty smooth game for which. I mean, yeah, there was some some light scrums here and there, but uh, you normally see a little bit more, I guess, testosterone being thrown around when it's an Abs and Stars game. But you didn't see it that much for some reason. Yeah, I think a lot of it had uh, been thrown out last game. Jamie Benn got into a fight after John Klingberg got knocked around a little bit. So maybe all the – and even, I mean, Nashville, that's another big rivalry game. So maybe the the Stars were a little tired of the the scrums and the fights. But, again, yeah, you wouldn't expect that with the an Avs-Stars game. No. 
Yeah, especially with the history between these two teams, and you were the reason we were knocked out of the bubble, and Mm. those feelings haven't gone away. Um, I was surprised on how clean the first two periods went and the lack of scoring. Um, Is this like more evidence to where this are going? Because are you relying heavily on that decor right now? If the forwards aren't contributing, are you trying to cycle things through that defense right now? Yeah, I would say so. And I mean, the stars, it's no secret that they've been a defensive minded team for however long now. Um, But I mean, at their best, a lot of these games, they've had some really good offensive moments, especially with guys like Rupe Hintz and Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski, who hasn't recorded a point since the All-Star break. So maybe he had a little too much fun in Vegas. Uh, who's <laughs> he, to say, he hit 21. He hit 21 and, and, he, and he was done. Yeah, yeah, he's like, this is the pinnacle of my career. Not a he, not he one checked, more. He cashed out. He cashed out. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, it's just a, a weird game. I don't think necessarily indicative of where the stars will go for the rest of this season. Um, I mean, like I said, they just beat Nashville at home. They beat Winnipeg and still kind of in that race for that second wild card spot, which, you know, even if they get that, there's a good chance they match up with Colorado in round one. And uh, I don't know how much I like this Stars team in a, in a seven game series with the Avs. Even the Stars winning that game back around Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I don't think McKinnon was playing then. Uh, I, I can't remember if he was still yeah, out at that point in time. But yeah. the Stars, you know, I, a lot has changed for both these teams since that moment. And so I. Uh, I don't know. I know the stars probably as a team and then even as a fan base we're we're kind of ready for this last game against the Avs to be, you know, kind of over with because they haven't played well on the road this season. So my hopes for tonight's matchup aren't ex- exceedingly high, but also with the stars team, they could come out and look like world beaters. And then, of course, in their next game against Chicago and Arizona, look like the, you know, the team that we saw earlier this year that dropped two games to Ottawa. So hmm. it's a mixed bag with this group. Is Watch this, out for Arizona. Group? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Um, is this their last matchup tonight? I think so. Is, I, is, I heard on the, the, the okay. at least the Dallas broadcast, they said this is uh, it was the two of three meetings, which I thought was odd because I, I feel like division games, it's like you should at least get four, but yeah, I, right. I think it's just a three game series this season. Hmm. So, okay, what's going right for Dallas this year? Like going into to tonight's game, uh, you know, what what should we look for as an Avalanche fan? I mean, played them a couple times already. But like you said, this is like a different team than when they were played back in November. So since then, and yeah, we, you can go off of, of Sunday's game as well. But what's going right for Dallas? And on the flip side of that, what's like their Achilles heel so far this year? Mm. I, I Really what's gone right most of the season has been the power play. It's the, for the Stars, it's been a consistently top 10, sometimes top five unit. But as of late, they've kind of cooled down. And I, I think since like the start of the new year, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe since around the all-star break, I think they're like three of 22. I can't remember the exact date, but just over their last stretch of games, they're like a, a 13% power play kind of team, which is just really, really hurting them. And I think on Sunday, the absence of John Klingberg certainly played into that as he's been kind of the the point man on that power play for pretty much ever since he's been here in Dallas. And so that's normally been the strong point. I hope Klingberg's able to come back into the game on Tuesday night and maybe get that re- like, jumped started back up a little bit because the stars really need to score on the power play in order to have success, which that I know Colorado racked up a decent amount of penalty minutes in, in the last matchup on Sunday, but the stars couldn't get too much going off of that. And really the Achilles heel um, has typically been the penalty kill, which has actually held up pretty well over the past stretch of games. But overall it's just being in a deficit. The stars team isn't made to come back down two or three goals. Right. Very rarely has it happened this season. And when it has, it's been against, some pretty inferior competition like Buffalo 
uh, Seattle, Montreal, which they actually lost to Montreal, but they still kind of put up a fight. But mm. with a team like that, you don't, you shouldn't have to to come back down five three against the Montreal Canadiens this year. Right. But but the the Stars found themselves in that spot. So and especially going into the road, Colorado, uh, another tough place to play, especially this season. Uh, the Avs very very good at home. Uh, I know you guys probably have all the numbers on the the home record this year, but yeah, th- yeah. this just doesn't look like a, a good mixture for the Stars. But they have won four straight on the road right before the All Star break. But again, against pretty bad teams, none of the teams they played currently in the playoff picture out east. So we'll, we'll see what kind of stars team we get. Maybe they'll be a little bit fired up after getting shut out at home. But that also the recipe is just getting that top line going and getting Joe Pavelski back in the score sheet, I think would do wonders. Even if the stars don't win this game, I think at least getting him involved and you know getting a little bit of his mojo back would help carry them forward into some of these next games where they're playing some weaker opponents like Chicago and Arizona, where they can maybe get back on track and then try to, try to keep moving forward because the schedule just kind of goes up and down for the back half of the season. Okay. Yeah, and that was one of the things that really stood out to me uh, with Dallas earlier in the year was their ability on the power play. And when uh, the game that we just got done with, when we had the shutout for nothing, that you guys went zero for three on the power play. Um, I mean, our penalty kill has not been the greatest this year, yeah. but to kill off three power plays, I it kind of signified where this game was going to go, and the scoreboard showed it at the end. But I found that. That's the most surprising out of the entire game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, and I think it's just going to be one of those things that they're going to have to work their way through, kind of a slump now, because it's it started out the season really bad, then it picked up, and it kind of stayed consistent where they were at least probably getting one power play goal a game if they were getting at least three opportunities, and I, I think maybe just coming out of the All-Star break, a little bit of a hiccup, and we finally had all the roster healthy again after the All-Star break, but now uh, Klingberg had an upper body injury, and I know Roddick Fox, uh, uh, who's a bottom six guy for us has been dealing with some injuries as well so uh, Roddick Fox had definitely not a member on that power play unit but Klingberg is a, a pretty key piece and so if there's going to be any success there we're going to need Klingberg back which at this time uh, I, I'm not entirely sure what the situation on him is but hopefully not too major of an injury just labeled as upper body because the NHL likes to be uh, secretive with with their injuries <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we have no clue um, all right let's uh, hear from Primal Origin Oils and then uh, get into some uh more stuff in t- involving dallas and, and i i just have a interesting question i'm like you're hearing names for trade deadline and i'm i just have a simple question then why <laughs> well, so uh but first let's hear from primal origin and all three of us have uh beards so if you got a beard you get primal that's right if you have beard you got to get primal if you or someone that you care about has a beard it needs to get primal And maybe you're that guy that has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with a product. And Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and and have a low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butters, which I have and is fantastic, uh, that are known as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. And the combo kits can make a great holiday gift. If you are shopping for yourself, you will be glad that you did. So we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel and beard to other products that you have used. And we promise that you will see and feel the difference. So go to PrimalOriginOils.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you get 20% off of your order. Once again, primaloriginoils.com. Use the promo code locked on for 20% off. 
All right. So I don't, Kyle and I were talking <clears throat> like about a week ago and we were talking about trades and stuff like that. And I don't typically like get too excited when I hear a name within a division is kind of being shopped around or is available. I'm not saying like interdivision trades like never happen. I know they do, but I just don't, I just kind of feel like a team is going to go look elsewhere <laughs> to trade that guy rather than in division in the division and have to deal with him again. Um, and you're hearing like Pavelski's name out there. So I'm looking at the standings and you guys are three points out of the, the second wild card spot on the ducks. Correct. And yes. you have three games in hand on them. You're in the thick of it. So why, why is it, why am I hearing that so much? Why are <laughs> I hearing like that the stars are, are, I mean, would you consider them sellers? I mean, if they're selling Pavelski, who is leading their team in scoring, why? Yeah. What's what's, yeah. His, what's the deal behind that? <laughs> I, I'm the exact same way. I've, I've been asking myself why as well, unless this team absolutely just falls off the face of the earth by March 21st. At that point, if you're out of the race, you can sell Pavelski because you can probably get a good, you know, a good return for him right. uh, given the year that he's had. But yeah, I, I don't think there's too much stock in that. And even the star's owner and a few interviews and, and pieces on, on the internet that I'm sure you can find has not necessarily shot them down entirely, but said like, pretty much the stars aren't looking to move Joe unless, like I said, dire circumstances like the team falls off a cliff and loses like 10 in a row right before the deadline and is out of the race. But I, yeah, like you said, he leads the team in points. He's having his best year uh, at age 37. And so I just can't imagine that, that the stars are going to look to trade him, especially if they keep doing what they've been doing, which is be in the thick of things. Cause realistically, this is probably Joe Pavelski's last year at a title. Um, even if he does resign with Dallas, uh, you know, in the offseason, which I don't, I don't imagine he okay. will, just given his age. Okay. Because uh, that was my next, that was my follow up. I mean, he's yeah. unrestricted. Where's he going? Uh, you know. Yeah. It's who, not going to be. Who knows? Else, you don't think? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, if they make the playoffs and and somehow you know rattle off you know a series win or two uh, or shock the world, I can imagine maybe. But if it's a, a first round exit, which is probably best case scenario for this team as of right now, I, I can see him maybe going elsewhere to maybe get one more shot. But I just think the stars in general. Are kind of on the hey, this is kind of kind of the it because even Alexander Radulov, his contract expires. Klingberg, even if he doesn't get traded, uh, is probably gone because he wants big money that the stars aren't really willing to give him. And even Sagan and Ben, who've been staples for so long, or have certainly seen better days. And so this is kind of the the last two raw of a lot of these veterans for this team. And I think Joe Pavelski kind of falls under that camp that he's probably going to stick it out this season. I think the stars will hold on to him. And, you know, we'll, we'll just see what happens if they see make the postseason and right. which, you know, probably nothing monumental. He probably goes somewhere else, I would imagine, unless uh, he's content with just taking a smaller contract and, you know, kind of going quiet in, into the retirement portion right. of his life. OK. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a good point. Like, you know, there's a trade deadline still got over a month before the trade deadline. Maybe reassess it then. You yeah. know what I mean, if you really feel like you're out of it. And, you know, he's an unrestricted free agent. Get something for him. I can understand that. Uh, but you, you never know. I mean, the, the hockey is a, a finicky sport. You get into the, the postseason. And, yeah, even if you are up against the avalanche, who knows? I mean, maybe they're going into the, the postseason on a, on a losing streak and not just playing well or have an injury. You have no idea what could happen. Um, but I don't know. I just I, I, I was kind of surprised. I, I'm hearing it and I'm like, Dallas is not that far out of it. Just make a go for it. And he's like you said, he's 37 years old. It's not like he's, you know, signing his 28 uh, year old contract where you're, he's going to mm-hmm. cash in. He's at the end. See what happens. See what happens. So uh, 
I guess we'll have to see what happens with that. So yeah, going to be going to be real interesting, especially after this Colorado game. Things get a little easier for a bit. And that's kind of the, the these next several games that they have are all division games. And so, yeah, a lot of them are the makeup games, too, from around Christmas time when when games were getting postponed left and right. So I know, including True. Sunday's game and, and tonight's. OK, I know I know tensions have been tight a couple times with the head coach uh, certain points of the season already for the stars. Uh, when it comes to coming up on that trade, do you think bonus is the, you know, that last little piece? If he to that trade deadline or water's still hot for him, because I feel like that's the last piece. Like, are you committing to this core roster or are you going to wait for the new coach to come in and get a fresh set of eyes on this roster? Because honestly, you mentioned it a couple times, everybody's last hurrah. I honestly feel like this iteration of the stars is the last hurrah for what you see, especially with, who you see between the pipes and the aging out forwards, a, a fresh pair of eyes. If it's not bonus, this team's not going to look the same next year. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now I can't imagine, and again, unless something crazy happens in the postseason, that bonus comes back. Like you said, there's there's been hot water all season, mainly from the fan base. You you won't get much from the front office, which of course you won't, because they're not gonna they're not gonna bash their coach midseason, regardless of what they think. But it, it's been fair weather when the stars do well and they win. It's not like oh, bonus is great, keep them on. But it, really, when things get bad, is the only time he uh he gets talked about, including yesterday. I mean, we we win two division games, one of them in overtime, a, you know, a really close gutted out win, come from behind win. Uh, and everyone's real excited. And then Sunday we get shut out and it's like, yeah, bo bonus has to go. But there's a lot of people that want him gone this season, which at this point in the year, I, I just can't see being super beneficial because even, you know, bringing a new yeah. system and try to like force this new system on these guys at this point in the year is it, just such a challenge to do. So as much as the fan base is kind of upset and even I know myself has been critical of him this season. Uh, it, it's just one of those things where he's probably going to have to finish out the year. And unless something crazy good happens for this team in the postseason. I can't imagine that he'll that he'll be back. And you know, like you said, with uh, a lot of these older guys kind of phasing out, you maybe bring in a new coach to to bring up these guys like Rope Hints and Jacob Peterson and Jason Robertson, and kind of let them, like you said, have a, a fresh set of eyes on the bench, kind of leading the way for this next generation of Stars hockey. I mean, if they fire him now, you you can pretty much think like you know Pavelski will be traded tomorrow. Like, yeah. there's yeah. no you've basically <laughs> thrown in the towel if yeah. you're getting rid he, of your coach. Yeah, he would have to do something egregious to like get fired now. I mean, it's not yeah. going to be because of his coaching. He'd have to, you know, do something illegal or, you know, a, a, a something insane. <laughs> right, right. All right. Um, all right. Let's hear from Ben online. And then is there anything on the minds of Dallas Stars fans when it comes to the Colorado Avalanche? Uh, let's flip the script. But first, betonline.net. And we, our football season is over. That, how did, were you happy with the the results of the Super Bowl or or did you not really care? I liked it. I, I thought it was a good game. I was impartial to to both teams, and it was dramatic until the end. So uh, was I can't so, complain. No, I, I mean Kyle, you're rooting for the Rams, right? You betcha. It's tough <laughs> because, like you know, the 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 Rams are owned by Kroenke, who owns the Avalanche, and then their equipment manager is a huge Bengals uh, guy, Bengals fan, and they bought him a ticket. So you were like, ah. It was it was a no lose situation for for Avalanche fans. So, uh, but from you, all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next thick fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. 
it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for the NHL and hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic Games and coverage and information available. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and learn more about the trends and all of the action, where the game starts. That's BetOnline.net. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, both these teams, same division, always fun when there's divisional matchups. I have to say I've come around to the Dallas Stars, those neon uniforms. Those I love them. The, the, I was the skyline so, green. <laughs> I was so, like, indifferent on them in the beginning. And then when you see them in action, you're like, all right. All right. Uh, they look much better on the ice than they did when they first started rolling out the the promotion for them because yeah. it was really exciting because we hadn't had new jerseys since pretty much the the rebrand in like the early 2010s. So and everyone was kind of like, oh, neon green. But yeah, I think people have come uh, yeah. around and the, the reverse retro last year were also a big hit, but we don't <laughs> unfortunately have those this year. So but yeah, still, uh, you know, good all around, but just kind of picking year. you guys is you guys's brain on this. Yeah. Team. Uh, I know Kyle mentioned this a second ago, you know, talking about uh, the 2020 series in the second round. And I know that this abs team kind of has, you know, that history of being a second round, first round team. But it seems like this team this year is different. I mean, best, I think right now leading the NHL in points, if I'm not correct, Florida hasn't swapped places with y'all again, uh, oh, yeah. back and forth. And it just kind of seems like, you know, that there's a collision course there, Colorado, Florida. But what's different about this team this year than maybe in years past where there's been those second round, first round exits? Go ahead, Kyle. Honestly, you're getting contributions from those who shouldn't be contributing. Um, for years and years and years, you were expecting Landeskog, Miko, and Nate to bail you out of every situation. And now you're having contributions from Devin Taze, Nazem Kadri, and you're you between the pipes, you have Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francouz coming out of nowhere. So you're getting um these guys that have been in the system a little bit, and like Nas, he's been with the team for a little while. Devin Taze has been there a little bit, like they're, you're seeing people get sold out and buy into where the Avalanche are going. So it's more of complementary pieces instead of relying on Nate and Gabe and Miko every night, game in, game out. There's a little bit of help. And Kale McCarr is hitting his stride at the same time. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, I was just going to kind of piggyback off that. And he's right. Yeah. It's, I mean, the majority of this team has, has stuck together. You lost a couple guys here and there. Uh, you know, you lost uh, to the Kraken draft. Um Don Skoy, uh, Don Skoy yeah. and then Grubauer signed with them. So you, I mean, it's the that's the natural progression of an offseason. You're going to lose some guys, but for the most part, these guys have stuck together. So it's another year that they they have. It's almost like a, a college basketball team. You're starting to see those like those. You know, there's a lot of like one and done players in college basketball but those teams that stick around for like their senior year they're starting to upset those higher mm -hmm. seeds because they know each other and they they know what to expect from each other and that's this avalanche team they just have another year together under their belt and everybody keeps saying like uh well like you know going for each of the past like couple seasons like oh kale mccarr is you know we haven't seen what he can do yet well now we're starting to see that and that's only helping them that's only benefiting them and they just believe in each other. And when you have a guy like Nathan McKinnon who, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Gabe Landeskog wears the C and he is a captain to a T. But, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon puts everybody in their place and he demands like excellence. And it, it really has worn off on the team. And they're just they're just in sync with one another. It's it's kind of fun to watch really is. 
Mm. And you, you mentioned Kale McCarr, both you guys did, and that he's having the kind of season that I think myself and many others thought that Miro Haskinen was going to have this season in Dallas, but hasn't quite cracked up. But even yesterday and even back around, I think, Black Friday when they played the first matchup, just watching him skate is like its own form of entertainment outside of just the hockey game. What, you know, besides his mm. skating, just makes Kale McCarr so special and makes him a, a premier defenseman in this league? Man. Well, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's got the he's got the face of a baby boy, but can hit you like a freight train. Yeah, he does not need like primal can... origin oils. Like he, he's <laughs> no. not going to that. <laughs> that thing about Kale McCarr, he's you know it's a baseball term, but he's a five tool player. Like he can be physical. He could take that. He could take the initiative and take that shot. He can draw up a play. He can make a play. He can facilitate, and like he has confidence in his hockey skills where he doesn't have to overperform. He knows what he needs to do, and he doesn't overdo it. And I feel like that's something that a lot of these rookies that come in the league suffer with. They know what they can do, and they overdo it to prove themselves. Kale just does what he needs to do, and that's more than enough. I, uh, I, I'm i taking full credit for starting the the gravy train of – uh, the, the Kale McCarr for hearts trophy. And I, and I, I asked, I had John Buchagross on last year before the season started. And I threw that question to him and he, and he kind of was like, I could see it happening. I don't know when, but I could see it happening. And, and, and it really, you, you can, I think, you know, he is kind of, I don't want to say he's like redefining the position, but he's making people like take notice of, of, you know, defensemen aren't just, there to just throw their weight around and and you know prevent pucks from getting past them and and going into the net like they're 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 offensive minded now mm-hmm. you know what I mean so um and and he's kind of at the forefront of that and you're seeing that across the league um and, and it's just he's poetry in motion when he is skating and it's I, I've always said you know watching Nathan McKinnon skate you know he's fast like you watch him and he's just like a blur on the screen. And Kale McCarr is just deceptively fast because he's he just makes it seem so effortless. And I think he kind of proved that at the All-Star break for his, uh, you know, the the fastest skater. He was right there. I mean, all of those guys were bunched together. I think he finished fifth, but was only like, mm. what, three tenths of out of out of yeah. winning the whole thing. So, yeah, he, he he's like, I think Kyle nailed it with the, the five tool player. Like there's nothing that he can't do. So it's it's awesome. And- and it speaks a lot to Kale's caliber for him to be so young. And when they mention people of his equal, they're going to legendary Hall of Fame. They're not going to like your Eric Carlson's or he's similar in style. No, they're autom- automatically going back to Hall of Famers. That should tell you about the caliber that Kale's at. That scares me a little bit, but I get it. I get it. But uh, that's he's right. That's where they're going. You're hearing, you're hearing Bobby Orr all the time. Yeah. 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 He's he's a special player. And, and you know, I just feel like every other night, you know, you're seeing some highlight real play of him. And another guy mm. that you guys touched on before, you know, we maybe talk, talk some trade deadline before, about the Avs is Nazem Kadri, who, you know, is having his best year uh, mm. statistically. I know, I think in that game against Dallas, he pat, he was like set a new career high in points. And what, what has been the difference for him? I mean, obviously you have guys like McCarr and McKinnon and Miko and uh, Landis Gog, but what has he done this season to kind of rise above? And I, a, a guy that I also would understand uh, to be in the heart conversation just based on how he's played this season. Well, that's Kyle's favorite player, so I'll let him <laughs> go with that. Yeah, Nas is, especially after his exit last year in the playoffs, he's he 
understands if you want success in this league, he's done it every, every way he possibly can. And he knows that you have to buy in where the team and you have to just adopt that team mentality. Like when Nuts was the throw, often put the game on his shoulders. He's starting to realize that you know you can wait for that next shift to come in or the shift after to make a mistake or put you in a better position. And Nas, you can see it. His hockey IQ is really setting in, and he's seeing the ice, and he's he's playing a lot cleaner game. He's not getting into scrums and fights, and he's playing a lot cleaner game because he knows that he, like we mentioned before, everybody's buying into this current team. He's buying. In and he could see where this team is going to take him. He knows to keep his hands clean to get there. Yeah, it's a big question of like, what if? Like, you hate to say, but what if he? What if he never got suspended mm. uh, in the postseason? Would we be seeing this? I don't know. I think that is a big motivating factor for him. Uh, I think a lot of it is embarrassment. I think like he he knows he let his team down because they they rely on him. Yeah, everybody knows the top line with Rantanen, uh, McKinnon, and and Landis Scott, but he is as important to this team as those three guys, and it showed. And you know when he was out, they weren't the same team. Yeah, they won a couple games after he got suspended, but once it went downhill, it went down fast. And he's one of those guys that they could rely on to kind of stop the bleeding against Vegas, and he wasn't there to do it. If they had gotten through one more game, he would have been back. Um, and it would maybe maybe been you know a, a seven game series after that, and who knows what happened? But it never happened. So I think a lot of it is embarrassment, a lot of it is shame, and a lot of it is to prove he's not that type of player. And even despite he could have, he doesn't have to have the numbers he's having now to prove that, but he is, and he is having. I mean, we were talking about it. I mean, we talk about him all the time, but it's almost like you got to enjoy the ride right now with him because. He's likely he's an unrestricted free agent after this year, and he's likely played his way out of Colorado, not because they don't want him, because now he's too expensive and they and they have they still have Nathan McKinnon that they have to sign after next year. So everything for cap wise for the Avalanche is revolving around Nathan McKinnon, understandably so they weren't expecting this at a Nazem Kadri. And I don't think he's really going to even though he knows he's playing for, you know, one of the best teams in the league. Um, is that enough to keep him around? It may be, but it's not going to be at a number that if he wins a Stanley Cup and if he wins a Hart Trophy, his, his number's through the roof. You know somebody's going to pay him that, and will it be the Avalanche? I don't know. And he is 31, I think, mm-hmm. 32. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's in the offseason, and we'll worry about that in the offseason. But right now uh, – we're enjoying the fruits of Nazem Kadri because nobody expected this and they're benefiting by far. Yeah. It certainly seems like a, a cherry on top to like him yeah. coming back and trying to have this redemptive season with this team and make this cup run. But now he's a heavy contributor to it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you guys and Avs fans everywhere are just along for the ride, but you, you mentioned his contract and all, and obviously this Avs team in a great spot going into the final stretch of the year. What do you see the avalanche doing at near or at the trade deadline as far as looking to add to their roster? Oh, well, the big name is Claude Drew. He's the he's the big fish. Um, typically, the Avs don't like to make a big splash, but I think that is all different this year. I, I think they know they're going to have to. They're going to have to to keep up with, uh, you know, Vegas for getting Eichel. And even though they're, you know, 
circumventing the cap to do it. And, you know, <laughs> Stone isn't going to be there. Like, it's still a problem. Like, the, the, the Vegas still made a big move um, and they didn't. And you just saw Calgary make uh, a pretty big move. I think the abs know like they, they they've they've had a lot of years where they've acquired picks and acquired prospects and you can't keep doing that. At some point, you're going to have to give up something, one of those assets to win a Stanley Cup because that's the bottom line. And, and yeah, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit of the future for the potential to win a Stanley Cup. Now, I think they they do make a big splash. I think it will be Giroux. Um, and, and we'll see what happens, but, um, yeah, he's, he's kind of the big name that's getting thrown around and associated with the abs. And I, I think it's going to happen if you ask me. Yeah. I, I feel yeah, like it's I, a little bit of both. Yeah. It's, it's a mixture of both. It's either we land Giroux or we're going to ride. Cause I don't feel like we're going to make a move for a band aid. I feel like, especially Joe Sackick's comments coming out of the all-star break, talking about how he likes this team and they're going for a Stanley Cup. If you're not adding a surefire piece to get a cup this year, don't feel like you're going to get your accessory that you're going to just stash on the fourth line or way down on a D pair or ne- never even touch Devin Dubnik. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't feel like we're going to be making that kind of move this year. It's either win or go home. And I feel like either way, it's set up for this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I, this is this is what teams in the abs position do. Um, you 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 might have to sacrifice for a rental, and you know that. Uh, you know, and Drew is going to be a rental. So, but if the end result is a Stanley Cup, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. If it's not, it's it's a risk that you have to take right now. If you're the abs, they don't they don't typically do this. They'll see what they can do with the players that they have. Uh, but now it hasn't worked for them yet. So I think they have to try something different and uh, making a big splash at the trade deadline, even before then. I don't think it, you know, they'll structure it where because they, they're up against the cap. So it's mm. tough. You know, Drew has a hefty price, so they're, they're going to have to get creative. And, you know, the longer that they wait, the lower his cap number goes, obviously. But um, I don't think they're going to wait around for somebody else to sneak in and grab him. I think that they know the importance that they could bring that he could bring for this year and this year only and they'll be okay with it. They're going to have to be. Mm. So. Yeah, going to be going to be real interesting to watch and see what moves get made because, of course, yeah. you know, yeah, you all, crazy things can happen, whether it's, you know, injuries, which, you know, you never want to see anyone get hurt on any team. So yeah. across the league going to be, I mean, Giroux, a big name. I know Marc-Andre Fleury has been floating around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the goalie stratosphere, which I know Colorado probably not looking to, to fill that spot either. No, I think it's it's played itself out where maybe in you know November people were shooting for it, uh, but it, it it's it's ironed itself out. I think the Avs are okay at the goalie spot. So yeah, yeah. Well, how do you guys see this uh, this game unfolding tonight? I know we've kind of strayed away from that, which probably yeah, for my no, sake right. is better. <laughs> uh, I mean, when you're when you're sitting in the Avalanche driver's seat, like you you feel good about every game you go into, and that that's kind of a good feeling to have. Um, and going into Dallas and playing the way that they did. Yeah. I mean, you, you feel even, even better about coming home and playing that team again, you know, two days later. So, but that, again, that's the beauty of hockey would not surprise me either. If Dallas comes in because they got shut out at home and they want to avenge that and they play a much better game too. So, um, I don't expect another four to nothing shutout, but 
yeah, I mean, you, you if you're in Austria and you have to feel good about these games. Yeah, I, think I, I definitely feel like the Avalanche are going to come out a little bit stronger, um, especially from Valerie Nachushkin, because we're talking about trade value. You know, there was a team at one time who thought Valerie Nachushkin wasn't oh. a contributor. And now, oh. now look at him. Yeah. Um, we, tur- we turned that contract yeah. around, and, I mean, he could be – he's incredibly valuable to the Avalanche right now. And what better way to say goodbye to Dallas on the year than – Show out a little bit, Valeri. Get that choo-choo train going. Are you are you calling hat trick? Are you calling Valentuskin hat trick? I, I, I mean, all right. What do you think, Dane? How's uh, how's Dallas going to come out in this one? Yeah, I would hope that they come out with a little bit of a fire under them and and look to you know at least try to avenge the loss. Which again, playing in Colorado and in, in that building always hard. I know the the fans are behind this team. And this, I know I talked about a lot on yesterday's episode that in mm-hmm. Dallas the stars just looked physically a step behind it felt like Colorado just swarmed to the puck really well and so I feel like just from the opening drop Dallas needs to play their a game through and through which you need to do every game but especially mm. against a team as, as gifted as Colorado so I'm, I'm hoping for at least you know a little bit of fight and it's like if the stars still lose by you know two three goals but they they, they gave it their all then it, it's going to be hard to complain I think there will be a, a change in goalie Jake Ottinger had been playing uh, the previous two games and looked fairly sharp gave up some some poor timed goals to Nashville and Winnipeg, but Braden Holtzby finally got the start after the break against Colorado on Sunday. Didn't go yeah. great. So I imagine we'll see Ottinger who's, who's in a little bit of a groove right now. And hopefully this isn't one of those games that ruins his groove uh, because that happened to him on the road in Florida a few weekends ago uh, against playing the Panthers in Tampa Bay back to back. So hopefully yeah. uh, he won't get bullied this time around, but yeah, I, I'm going into this game a little bit more pessimistic, and anything good that happens, I will I'll gladly take, even if it's a an overtime loss. I'll I'll, I'll take a point out of this because every point at this time in the season <laughs> yeah. matters. So it's uh it's it's one of those games, and yeah, the, the I know the Coyotes are I think the last team to beat y'all, if I'm not mistaken. So there's hope, like you said, this is the NHL, yeah. and, <laughs> and that's right. That's so. I mean that's, that's so true. <laughs> Uh, and on the Avalanche side, there they're, could be a goalie change for them, too. I mean, they've been going back and forth between Kemper and Francois. So uh, we might see a completely different goalie matchup in this game as well. So mm. uh, we shall see. But, um, yeah, that'll wrap it up for today's episode. And uh, why don't they throw out where they can find uh, you and the show and all the other fun stuff on social media? Yeah, I'm just on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis. So just my first and last name with two underscores in the middle. And then the show just uh, nice and simple at Locked on Stars. And then we're on we're on YouTube as well. Locked on Stars. So if cool. any uh, Avalanche fans feel so inclined to just hit the subscribe button, they might not like my content because I only talk about the stars. But that's all right. Hey, that's a uh, that's OK. You know, <laughs> I mean, you got to You got to know what the enemy is doing all the time, too. So that's right. I, yes. I tell my listeners that all the time. I I'll yeah. always. I always link other people's shows when I cross over in case they want to check it out because I'm like, hey, you know, you can listen to me talk about the team or cross over for 30 minutes. But if you want yes. the full the full rundown, I mean, like you got Al, hours like, upon hours of podcast episodes like, right there. Al, so. Like Al Pacino said in Godfather 2, keep, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, having a crossover with us. And I can guarantee you we'll be doing this again in the future. Maybe if it is a round one matchup in the postseason. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll, so. We'll, we'll have this again. So, that being uh, awesome. So, from Lockdown Stars, he is Mr. Dane Lewis. From Lockdown Avalanche, he is Mr. Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and we are the hosts of the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. So, we will see everybody tomorrow. Kyle and I will be doing a crossover 
We have the Los, uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, perfect timing with that. There's going to be some LTIR discussion going on there. So, oh, my back. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's hurting me. Oh. Hurt me. <laughs> Batman, save me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Enjoy the game, and uh, we'll see everybody tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.